Psalm 85, verse 6. Wilt thou not revive us again, that thy people may rejoice in thee? A lot in this chapter. If you get time this, this evening after you get home, go on and read all of it. But verse 6 says, Will thou not revive us again, that thy people may rejoice in thee? I believe we need a revival. This has been, I'll be 55 in July. Some of you have a few years on me. But I can honestly say that this year has been one of the hardest years on the church. Amen. It's been an opportunity. And we've been able to reach some folks that might not ever have walked through the doors. But we've had to really, really do things that we aren't used to, have service outside, have service on Facebook and just a handful of us be able to get together. Couldn't sit on our pew if we have one. Couldn't Hug, hug necks. And a lot of churches have shut the doors and they've not come back yet. Churches that used to have big crowds are having smaller crowds and churches that used to have smaller crowds are not having church. It's been a hard year. We need a good old time revival. Thou not revive us again, that thy people may rejoice in thee. Now, my Bible tells me that God is no respecter of persons. I'd like to look at some folks that the good Lord took time to revive, if he'll help me for just a few minutes. We read about, over in Genesis were that Joseph's brothers betrayed him. They sold him into slavery and they took his coat that his father had given him. They killed a kid, a baby goat, and they smeared blood all over that coat and they took it to Jacob. And they said, this be your son's coat. And he recognized it. And his heart fell. He said, my son must have been devoured by some wild beast. And he went into mourning and he put on sackcloth. And his other children tried their best to comfort him, but he wouldn't be comforted. As a matter of fact, Jacob said, I'll go down to my grave grieving for this child. And you know the story of Joseph. You've heard it preached. You've read it. You've heard it taught. All the things that happened to Joseph. While Joseph was in slavery, 
Jacob was grieving. While Joseph was a servant in Potiphar's house, Jacob was in mourning. While Joseph lingered for two years in prison, Jacob was in sackcloth and ashes. And while Joseph was in Pharaoh's palace for seven years, gathering in all that God had blessed Egypt with, Jacob was still brokenhearted and still mourning. Friend, I'm here to tell you today, it may have been years. And let's just look at how Jacob got this way. And you pray for me for just a little while. I'd really like to get to the Lord. Let's look at how Jacob got this way. It don't happen overnight. His own family hurt somebody that he loved. His own family lied to him about it. You may be sitting here tonight, you may be watching on Facebook and be church hurt. You may have felt like your church family had let you down, like somebody at church may have hurt you. And people will carry that for years and years and years. As a matter of fact, they'll use that as an excuse never to darken the door of the church again. Or they'll sit and they'll grieve and they'll sit and they'll hold a grudge and all that time missing the blessings that the Lord could give them. Jacob grieved and grieved and grieved, but there came a time when he looked around and his family was in trouble. There came a time when Jacob looked around and his family was hurting. They were in the midst of a famine. There came a time when Jacob looked up and realized if his children were going to live, he was going to have to do something. Folks, you can't just sit down on God. We've got too much at stake. You can't just sit down and die and wish that things would pass by you and wish your life away. Sinners, our lives are in the balance. They're headed for hell. And the only ones that can help them escape that is the Lord Jesus Christ and the church of the living God. (coughs) So Jacob sent his sons down to Egypt because he heard that Egypt had been blessed. He could have sat right there. He could have pretended everything was all right. He could have grieved until his dying day. But he sent his sons down to Egypt to gather corn. Still mourning, still grieving. As a matter of fact, I believe, if I remember it correctly, that whenever Joseph sent for Benjamin, Jacob didn't want to send him because he didn't want to lose another child. His heart was still grieving over the first one that he had lost. And I'm here to tell you today, if you won't revive, you can be revived. Jacob had mourned, he had cried, he had lost for years. But when he found out that Joseph, his sons told him that Joseph was still alive down in Egypt, that all the gifts that Joseph had sent to him and to his family, the Bible says that Jacob's spirit revived. If you've been hurt for years and years and you're using that as an excuse 
You need what Jacob got. You need a good spiritual revival. You need to get back in touch with what you had when you first got saved. You need to have joy in your heart again. A, a Christian that is miserable is a Christian that's doing no good. A Christian that can't help anybody. I'm here to tell you today that the, the Bible says weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. There's not a one of us here tonight that's not suffered loss. There's not a one of us that in this past year with this pandemic nearly every family has been touched but I'm here to tell you today look up we're closer than when they first began look up our redemption draweth nigh there's joy in knowing the Lord and there'll be a great day we will all be reunited with God's family We need a good... If it's been years... Listen. Let me say this and then I'll move on. If it's been years since you've felt, since you've felt that stirring on the inside, if it's been years since you felt that feeling when you first got saved, if it's been years since you've had a tear run down your cheek, if it's been years since you went to church and you had been there whenever you left... You need a good spiritual revival. You need something in your heart. You need soul stirring. You need to realize that you're blessed. You know how long people will hold on to grudges and they miss blessings because they can't give up. They can't let go. We've all got sinners in our families. We've got sinners that we go to church with and they're headed to hell. Let's wake up and be revived. Wilt thou not revive us that thy people may rejoice in thee? How do you think Jacob felt when he sat down at the table with Joseph and all of his children? I'd say he was probably happy, don't you? I'd say he was probably rejoicing. All right. We read about a fellow named Samson. You know his story. He didn't always please the Lord, did he? We don't always either, so let's not look down on him. We read about where the men of Judah, 3,000 men of Judah, gave, gave Samson to the Philistines. They tied him up with you, reeds, and gave him to the Philistines. And whenever the Philistines approached Samson, the reeds became his ass. They fell off. They, they withered away and Samson was free and he picked up a weapon, didn't he? He picked up the jawbone of a donkey and he, and he killed a thousand Philistines with the jawbone of a donkey. And that's Bible, ain't it? And whenever Samson finished, he just had a great victory. He had killed the enemy of God's people. He cast his weapon aside. He threw the jawbone to the ground. And then he realized how thirsty that he was. He realized that he needed a drink. He realized that he needed to call on God one more time. 
I'm here to tell you today, if you've got weapons that you know has brought great victory before, how many of you have been in real trouble and the only way out was to call on a living God and beg Him to come and intercede on your behalf. And when you humbled your heart and you prayed through and you talked to God and He talked to you, He brought great victory in your life. Prior is a weapon. How many times have you been broken hearted? How many times have you felt let down? How many times have you felt like you just couldn't go on? And you took the old King James Version Bible and you spread it out and you read how great a God that you've got and it brought peace to your heart. God's Word is a weapon. And if we've got a weapon that's brought us great victory, let's not sling it down. Let's not cast it aside. You know what happened to Samson when he picked the weapon back up? God claimed a place inside the jawbone and water came forth and Samson was revived. Let's go down and let's clean out the well and let us get a drink one more time of the living water and see if we can't be revived. Jacob got revived. Samson got revived. Mike can be revived. Let's go on. You want to? We read where Elisha died. And there was another young man that had died as well. And while the Israelites were taking this young man down to bury him, they saw the enemy approaching. The Ammonites, if I'm not mistaken. Might have been the Moabites. They saw the enemy approaching. And so rather than dig another grave for this young man, they cast him down with the bones. I don't know how long Elisha had been there. He'd been there long enough to decay. He'd been there long enough to only his skeletal remains were left. But they threw this young lad's body, who was dead, Upon the bones of Elisha. And the Bible says when this man's body touched the bones of Elisha, he was revived. Friends, I'm here to tell you we don't need a new way. We don't need anything different. I've heard the saying say, I guess I've said it myself, what said that 30 years ago is said today. Well, let me relay this to you. What was gospel 30 years ago is still gospel today. It's not changed. All I've got to preach to you is the Word. That's what they charged me to do, Miss Greg, and that's all I've got. Preach the Word. Be instant in season and out of season. I believe Apostle Paul said I have nothing to preach except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. It's no different. Our only hope is in Jesus. It was 30 years ago and it's still today. And if we'll preach the Gospel, if we'll pray like we used to, if we'll live like we used to, if we'll praise like we used to, all those things that people thought were outdated, old fogey, old fashioned, not necessary in 2021, can still 
break life today and cause a revival. People want to down technology. I've even heard religious folks down it. You know what I've been privileged to do in just the last month? Some of you may remember a preacher, a minister named Albert Kitts. He came over in this area it's from Knoxville. Whenever I was a boy, he used to come up in this area quite a bit and hold revivals and stuff. I watched a message that he preached on YouTube the other day. It must have been recorded 25, 30 years ago. It was still good gospel. Watched a message from a fella. I'm trying to think of his name. You would know it. Ernest Davis. He was a black preacher. He was country as country could be. He loved God. He loved people. One of the most respectful men you'd ever know. But I heard him preach a message in 2021 that he had preached probably 40 years ago. Still gospel, still good. Friend, God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And the gospel is still the gospel. Satan wants to beat us over the head, tell us we're wasting our time, tell us we're not doing any good, God would not give grant us this day if there wasn't something good to come out of it. All right. What worked back then? What brought revival back then? Them old bones that we've cast aside can still bring revival. Remember the valley of the dry bones? All it took was some prophesying, wouldn't it? And the wind blew. Now, these men don't claim to be prophets that are coming to preach the revival. But they'll preach us the gospel. They'll tell you what happens if you don't get saved. They'll tell you where you're going. They'll tell you what happens if you sit on your seat and you don't repent and you don't work for the Lord. They'll tell you what happens in that instance as well. We'll have the prophecy. We'll have the prophesying. People want to pay great amounts for someone that calls them a prophet or a prophetess to give them words or knowledge that they've not had before. I believe every bit of it's in the King James Version Bible. It's still the same and it's still good and it holds promise to those that believe. Will thou not revive us? That thy people may rejoice in thee. Well, here we see it. In 2021, we've had a year of the virus. We've had to spread out. We've had to go out in the parking lot. My first cousin pastors a church. Last Sunday was the first time in a year that they had been inside the sanctuary. That's what we've had to put up with. 
in this past year. There's no Bible for that kind of stuff, preacher. Is that read? Nehemiah's heart was broken. When he looked at Jerusalem and the walls were burned down, he rode through and there was such rubble. You know the story of Nehemiah. I'll not go all into it. He went and the remnant that remained began to build back the walls of Jerusalem. A little bit at a time. Folks, we need to think that we're going to fill this sanctuary up Sunday. We need to think that we're going to see 20 saved Sunday. It takes work. It takes dedication. It takes me putting my stone where it belongs. Not in your place, not in Marty's place, but in my place. And that's all I need to worry about is that my stone is square, that my stone is sitting exactly where God wants it, and if I get mine exactly where God wants it, and, and Ronnie gets his exactly where God wants it, and, and Marty gets his exactly where God wants it, and Johnny gets his in the place God wants it, Marvin gets his in the place God wants it, you get yours in the place God wants it, we can have a body build and people look at the church and say, that's unnecessary in 2021. They've seen her in her first glory and might see us nothing right now. But wait till you see that gladder house. Wait till you see the glory that's coming to the children of God. Wait till you see her rise up to meet Him in the air. You see the glory when we go home to meet Jesus one day after a while. We've been running to the rocks and the mountains to cry, to fall on them, to hide them from His face. They'll rise up, the church will, with a shout, and we'll go and ever be with the Lord. Wait till you see that glory. If you think she's dead, just wait. If you think we're going to shut the doors, just wait. There's a song. There's a great day coming. A great day coming. There's a great day coming by and by when the saints and the sinners shall be parted right and left. Are you ready for that day to come? If you're not ready, how do I get ready, preacher? You get saved. You ask Jesus to come into your heart. Anything you do, you got to make preparations for. If you're going to eat supper, you probably go wash your hands. You may even have to cook it. I don't know. But minimal preparations, you'll wash your hands. You will sit down. You will take a fork or a spoon or your fingers and you will move food from that plate or that bowl to your mouth. You have to make a few preparations. In order to come to church tonight, you probably combed that hair. You probably changed clothes. Maybe even cleaned up a little bit. I don't know. I hope you prayed. But you got in your car 
you drove to this building, you walked through the door, you found a place and sat down, you made some preparations to go to church. If you're going to go to school, you get up, you clean up, you get on the school bus or you get in mama's car and she takes you to school and drops you off. If you're going to go to work in the morning, you're going to get up, you're going to get out of your night clothes, you're going to put on your work clothes, you're going to get in your vehicle, you're going to drive where they pay you, and you're going to stay there until you're done for the day. You make preparations. If you're going to go to heaven, you're not going to go by accident. You'll have to make preparations. What preparations do I need to make, preacher? You need to ask Jesus to save you from that place called hell. Don't worry about heaven or what it holds for you. I didn't even think about heaven the night I got saved, Marty. All I wanted to do was escape hell because that place was hard and I didn't want to go there. And thanks be to God, He had mercy and grace for a little sinner boy like me. It's 2021, 40-something years later, and he's still got mercy and grace for sinners today. Amen. Do you want a revival? Because you'll get what you want. If you don't want one, you won't have one. If you don't want to enjoy your salvation... Sit right still, be right quiet, and you'll be just as miserable as you was before the revival started. i tell you what the Lord would like to do. The preachers would like to see a revival. Your pastor would like to see a revival. The Lord would like to send a revival. Because he's got sinners he wants to save. What do you want to do? What do you want? Is having a revival important enough to you that you can lay aside those years of bitterness, those years of pain that you've gone through, that you've held on to things you should have let go of a long time ago, and get to the Lord? Is having a revival Important enough to you that you're going to pick up that weapon that's brought victory to you before and use it again. Is having a revival important enough to you? I believe, and you could probably quote this better than I can. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and seek my face and repent of their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will heal their land. Seek ye out the old paths. Is having a revival important enough to you to get back to what you used to be? Preacher, I used to sing. I used to shout. I used to enjoy church so much. Why don't you now? Let's get back to them bones. I've heard the people at remodel houses and stuff will say, well, it's got good bones. You've never seen a building has better bones than the church of the living God. Seek ye out the old paths wherein is the good way and when you find them walk therein. You want to know the sad part? We're saying today what those folks in that writer's day said. We will not. We will not walk there. 
Everybody wants to go to heaven. Nobody wants to make preparations. <coughs> I know we didn't get to do, we had a homecoming. We didn't have food. But you know what we normally do, what you normally do when we have homecoming. I'm sure Joanne probably cooks for two or three days before homecoming to have, bring food so that everybody can eat. Becky probably cooks for two or three days. You probably make preparations and make special dishes you don't normally make just to feed the church that you love. But if what if we had homecoming and you did nothing? You know, we are in this generational thing. Younger women don't do the things that older women know how to do. We're in a generational thing in church, folks. Look at us tonight. You just look at us tonight. We have two young folks in this house, and everybody in here is 40 or older. Sorry, Becky. <laughs> Most of us are 50. 60, 70. Where are that younger generation? You know why they're not here tonight? We let down on training a long time ago. We, we didn't teach them that church is the most important thing. We didn't teach them that being close to the Lord matters. We didn't teach them that everything they ever need they can find on the altar at the house of God. That's where they're at. We're in trouble, folks. And Dutch Bottoms is not unique. Any church you walk in tonight is in the same situation. We have fed our children everything except God. If we want to see them on the altar... It starts with me and you. We need to be revived. God will. Will thou not revive us that thy people may rejoice in thee? How many times has somebody asked you, how are you doing? And you've told them. Being a Christian, hard to be something or another that we're more than happy to tell about. The next time, you know, I'm, I'm about done. Give me about, about one more minute. When they ordain me, they charge me. That's what they do to preachers and deacons whenever they ordain them. They preach the charge. In other words, a set of instructions that tells you what you're to do. They give you a responsibility to do what the Bible says you're supposed to do. So I want to charge you. The next time somebody asks you, how are you? You tell them how good God's been to you. 
You name a blessing that God's placed in your life. We grumble and gripe enough. That's why people don't want what we got. I want to be revived, don't you? I had never sung the song till I came to Dutch Bombs. I guess I'd heard it. It says, count your blessings, name them one by one. We're too focused on our troubles to count our blessings. If we want to be revived, we need to start counting our blessings. Now, I know we had a pretty good service Sunday night. But I'd like to see a turn down time, wouldn't you? I'd like to see so much power here to sinners couldn't sit on a pew. Amen. I've seen it where they had to walk out the door because the power of God was so strong. Amen. I'd like to see enough power of God here where sinners would either have to hit the altar or get out the door. I'd like to see enough power of God here to where you couldn't sit on your pew. I'd like to see enough power of God here to where Johnny or, or Gary or any of the preachers here couldn't be quiet. They just have to praise the Lord because God was so strong in their life. I'd like to see the power of God so strong in this place till you lose sight of who's around you, of what's going on, and you just praise the Lord and don't even realize what's going on until you come down in the Spirit and realize where you're at. You know, a lot of people have never experienced that. It's good, ain't it? <laughs> if you've not tried it, pray till you can get there. Pick up your weapons. Let go of those things you've been holding on to all in years. Pick up your weapons. Seek out the old paths where those old bones still are. Build, build, build. You can see the latter glory. I want a revival. I want, I want. Let, let's start right here. I want to be revived. That's where it needs to start first. I appreciate your prayers, but I need to be revived. How about you? And when we can be revived together, we can see sinners saved. Amen. Now this revival, I think, is pretty important. Yeah. We've gone a year, folks. This revival was originally scheduled last March. We had to postpone because we had to shut down. And God laid this week, April, last week of April, on my heart. I called these boys back and they said, yeah, they didn't even hesitate. weeks ago I preached on five five sinners in Dutch bottoms did you know that number is growing this revival is important I know we've got Bible school coming up if we don't see somebody saved in revival we sure are going to need God for Bible school Some of you hadn't been here before to see Bible school. I believe I'm right. You can correct me if I'm wrong. And it has absolutely nothing to do with me.
But I've never seen a Bible school that does problems that we didn't have somebody saved. And usually more than one. I've seen as few as three or four. The last one we had, there was so many little sinners on the altar, you couldn't walk. You had to watch where you stepped. And if I counted right, I think I counted at least nine. There might have been more than that that got saved that day. I want to see them saved tonight. I want to see them saved Sunday. I want to see them saved in revival. I want to see them saved at Bible school. If we're willing, God will revive us. I told you, the Bible says he's no respecter of person. If he had if he'd revived Jacob, if he had revived Samson, if he had revived the, the lad that was dead, that was cast in on the bones of Elisha, if he had revived the, the church at Jerusalem that had been burned and the walls torn down and he brought, brought it back and gave it glory, he'd revived Dutch Bottoms. He'd revived Mike. He'd revive you if we want it. Wilt thou not revive us that thy people may rejoice in thee? How long has it been since you've been to a church service that you talked about for years? I remember a few, don't you? I remember seeing three and four come to the altar at one time. It can happen again. We still serve the same God. He's still got the same power. If we're willing to do what we need to do to be revived.